Good to see you guys again. Quickly before we get into that, uh, on our Thanksgiving service, it's, we're not going to look through a few verses in Psalms. Psalms are great. And I'm not going to uh, reminisce, per se, of Thanksgiving past, because those are great too. But I want to kind of piggyback on what we talked about last week with the status of uh, our culture and our country, and I want to talk about Jesus this morning. So I hope that's okay, because he is the answer. Um, quickly, look at your green insert. Lots going on. So read it and join us. There's a lot going on. We do need help next Saturday. As Layla mentioned, we do have a 12-foot snowman, one of two, and we're going to decorate this whole church, sanctuary included. If it does rain, the sanctuary will be beautiful, right, because we'll be in here. The outside will be a little lacking, but it'll be okay. We'll catch up. So uh, please join us 10 o'clock. All are welcome. We have things to do on Saturday for young ones, adults and young adults, and even some of us wiser who can't climb on ladders. We have four new trees that have been donated, and they really, I ter- the proper term is fluffed, I guess, right? They really need to be fluffed, and you can even do that sitting down. So join us next Saturday, and uh, one more uh, announcement. Our Christmas Eve service will be in this very room Saturday at 5 p.m., early, because it's a Saturday. So most of us will be off work, and Sunday, the 25th, is Christmas morning. We'll be together. So let me pray, and we'll jump in. So let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for um, your word, and thank you for this time of year. And thank you for being the reason we can be thankful. Um, Help us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So John um, wrote an amazing book, letter, um, story, but a true story. And Layla read from John chapter 1, 17 and 18. For the law was given through Moses. Most of us know who Moses is. Old timer, right? OG, original Bible guy. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ for that church I am thankful. And I want to show you over the next 27 minutes why I'm thankful and why we can be thankful for the second part of that verse. The law was given through Moses. Good thing. But I'm going to show us how that was a temporary thing and it wasn't the thing. But grace and truth is the eternal thing And it came through Jesus Christ, the man, the God-man. So let's go on a bit of a journey real quickly. And this is going to make sense for us and now and the whole thing, so give me 26 minutes. In the Old Testament, in the Torah, in the law, cleanliness was the thing. Let's joke. We're all part of the nation of Israel. We're all Hebrews. You are the good Hebrews. You're clean. We're not so good. Everyone just go, that's how it rolls, right? We're not so good. We did some things. We're unclean. Would there be this much grace and compassion in the temple if we were in the temple with the clean Hebrew people? There would be hatred, contempt, violence, actually. And for any of us on this side who had touched a dead body and weren't cleansed in the right way, cleansed, we would be banished forever. That's the law. We don't like that side of the law, though. But we got to see the Bible from page cover to cover. Leviticus, Numbers, some of Exodus, other parts, and I'll show you a bit. So now it gets, oh, okay, I, I understand that a little bit more. We're all good right now. The old covenant has been fulfilled, and we'll talk about that, okay? But let me just 
show you what that was like. Leviticus chapter 13. Happy Thanksgiving. We can admit there's some interesting and weird parts of the Bible. It's okay. Because when we read them, we go, oh, Leviticus chapter 13, verse 45. I just want to show you a few things, and we'll get to the Gospels. And then we'll celebrate and feast and fellowship and love each other because of Jesus. So here we go. Leviticus 13, 45. In the law, in the Torah, which was given by Moses, the leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes. So there was a fashion statement if you were a leper. You wore torn clothes. That was one of the first things you could see way off, just in case you ran into a person with leprosy. And let his hair hang loose. There's a joke going around. Some of you will get it. Maybe Nirvana, way back when, rock band. You kind of look grungy, right? Okay? And shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean. I got a loud voice, so I would have been a good leper. If I'm walking down Laurel Street back in the day, unclean, unclean. And everyone would have been off their phones and looked and go, loser, and gone to the other side of the street. There were reasons. This was not a bad law per se, but it made lonely people, and at times it could be interpreted as what? Cruel, right? But leprosy is not very contagious. Some of you smart people know that. But God had a way of keeping his people somewhat less impacted by communicable diseases, history tells us. Go read about the Great Plague, 14th century. A lot of the Jewish people, because some of the law they were still adhering to, had some interesting ways of getting through some disease process, but you know what happened in some cases? People actually thought there was a conspiracy because they weren't getting as sick as often. And what happened? The people in charge turned on them and said, you must be trying to get rid of us. So now we're going to get rid of you. But to get all this to say... It was a rough thing for lepers under the law, in the law, in the old covenant, right? We could say it was a law of quarantine, and that would be somewhat appropriate. Anybody ever had to be quarantined? There's medical reasons, and we know that now, but again, in ancient times, not much was known. Now, I don't want to gross anybody out, but I'm going to go to Leviticus 15, two chapters over. I live with four women. One of them is my wife. I live with two women, one female child and one female toddler. Let's put it that way, okay? When a woman has a discharge and the discharge in her body has blood, she shall be in her menstrual impurity for seven days. Like I said, the Bible's a little sometimes, but it's there. I know some of you are like, oh, okay. Skip down a few more verses. Leviticus 15, 25 If a woman has a discharge of blood, but it lasts more than the menstrual cycle, she is unclean. She cannot participate. She cannot worship. She is excluded from certain things. Now, 51% of the population in America are like, I'm not down with that. Nor should you be in 2000. What are we in? Almost 17? Holy moly, right? But what I'm getting at is this is the law. This was given for a variety of reasons. But as we learned in Matthew 5.17, was the law fulfilled? Yes, amen. And it wasn't fulfilled 
by merely pages in a book, the Bible, I'm not blaspheming, it was fulfilled by God himself, Jesus, who came in flesh to fulfill the law. This was the hard part about the issue of blood. I'll pick on my wife because she's wonderful. She has to go home with me. Let's say she was in her time during the month, okay? And I'm a good Jewish husband. I'm not going to abandon her because I'm there. As would you gentlemen be there. I'm going to still live in the same house because there was rituals and rites. I'm going to feed her. I might actually touch her. Who's unclean now? I am. And now my three daughters who are loving, who love their mom, are unclean. So now not only during under this, not only does she have some issues with words, but the whole family does, right? Now imagine if it wasn't just, if there was injury or disease. The whole family, by being a loving, devoted father and husband, I'm unclean. And in society, most women, even though they were part of God's people, not hammering on anybody, but history tells us, women were treated in the nation of Israel in a similar way they're treated in parts of Afghanistan right now. That's why when Jesus came and taught about the dignity of women, he got a lot of men, what? <gasps> Upset. Okay? So that's what we're doing. We're seeing the bigger picture of the Bible. They're just not verses. And it has to do with heart and life and family and belief and faith and creed and love. But this is the big one. Let's go to Numbers, a couple, Bible, a couple books over, 19, 11, and 12. We've seen two examples of someone being unclean. There are more. Whoever touches the dead body of any person shall be unclean seven days. No, that's the way it is. Morticians were not highly esteemed in the Old Testament. It's kind of a joke, right, because I get a little light. There were no morticians. You know who took care of dead bodies? Family only. If someone passed in your family, you were usually buried within 48 hours because of different laws. And here's the point. In all these things, except the woman bleeding for a long time, you could become clean. You just had to go through the ceremonial cleansing. In touching the dead body, there was some specific cleansing that had to happen or you would be excommunicated from the nation and from worship. Next verse, 12. This is it. If you touched a dead body, if you buried a relative, you had to do this. If you tried to skip by and only roll for six days and went to temple, guess what happened to you and your family? Peace out. Thank you. Leave your check at the door. We never want to see you again. Now, it's history and the scriptures don't tell us if that ever happened, but that was the code, the moral code. Uncleanliness. Cleanliness versus uncleanliness was a big deal. You're not going to fast forward, but I'll fast forward. Hundreds of years go by, and the religious establishment of elite, I'm not going to call them theologians because they were wrong, elite scholars on the law formed. We know them as Pharisees, Sadducees, and others. Some were political, some were religious. But they took some of these things, which were dealing with physical things in the law, and transfer them to the moral code. We still see this as Jesus walks around. There's a lot of reference to the law, and some of the things he did we'll see in a minute is amazing. But why did Jesus really get in trouble? First and foremost, he claimed to be God. Blasphemy. That was a problem. But under the surface, 
He hung out with tax collectors, traders. He ate with them. He went to Starbucks with prostitutes. Zacchaeus, remember him? The little guy, I guess? He was actually a very wealthy tax collector. He had the pyramid scheme going. There were people under him who would collect on top of him, and he got a bit of everything. So he was, And he was in a tree checking Jesus out, and what did Jesus say? Let's go eat at your place. And the onlookers were like, how dare he? Really thinking, not only is Zacchaeus really unclean, he's under the unclean unclean, the Roman Empire, and working for them. How dare he? And Jesus shows up and says, salvation has come because you've seen God and you've responded. You've had faith in grace. Because remember the story of Zacchaeus. He gives away some stuff and starts recompensing what he did wrong to other people. And by grace, we believe he came to faith in Messiah. And that's Jesus. When Jesus shows up, things change. And I just want to show you one thing because it's really important. Haggai, three books this way back into the Old Testament. Haggai 2, verse 12. Haggai 2, verse 12. This talks about cleanliness and uncleanliness or holiness and dirtiness in the Old Testament. If someone carries holy meat, real quick, holy meat was sacrificed in the temple and the priests were paid after things were burnt off and they could take it home and eat it, sorry. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches his fold with bread or stew or wine or oil, does it become holy? If Dave takes good meat and walks home, given to me by Courtney, thank you, Courtney, Willie, tonight, and I touch some other things, do all the other things become holy since the meat is holy? No, you're right. No. Next verse. Then Haggai said, if someone who is unclean by contact with the dead body, this is the big one, right? Touches anything. Do those things become unclean? And yeah, they become unclean. So in the old covenant, under the law, in the Torah, uncleanliness now, this doesn't work theologically, but practically, was more powerful than cleanliness. You see that? It was hard to get things clean. It was real easy for things to become unclean all over the place. And it was easy for people to go, Alex, unclean, have fun. So that is the atmosphere Jesus shows up in. Even worse with some of the Pharisees and Sadducees, because they did more. But that's the climate. That's the spiritual climate. And then Christ shows up on the scene. And this is pertinent for Thanksgiving because I hope your heart says, I'm thankful for Jesus because he's different and he's good. You know the story. With that backdrop, let's look at a few passages. Matthew 8, verse 1. When Jesus came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him, knelt before him saying what? Lord If you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and fulfilled the law by breaking the law. That's what he did, right there. What was the law? Do not touch a leper. Uh Uh-oh. Jesus fulfills God's mission by breaking the Torah or fulfilling it. I'll say it that way. He touches the leper, and you know what happens. Does the leprosy stay there and go, ha-ha, he becomes clean. 
The man by faith is healed. Faith in God, a good God. And this is glorious. The leprosy was cleansed. One more verse, Matthew 8, 4. Jesus is still working covertly. Don't you love Jesus? It's not the time yet, John will tell us. It's not the time. It's not my time. Go and do the things you need to do, but remember, we could interpret it this way, the grace of God has come upon your life. You have been healed. Jesus transcends the law by fulfilling it. We'll say it this way. Russ is a lawyer. Hi, Russ. If a lawyer were to bring a charge against Jesus, in this case, by breaking the law, say Courtney had leprosy, Courtney would walk in the courtroom, and Russ would go, she had leprosy, and this man touched her, and she was healed. Any good common sense sheds would go, sir, less coffee, have a nice day. Because the point is, what leprosy? Where's the evidence? Where's the criminal act? Jesus transcends and fulfills by healing people. We've got to see that. We've got to see that today because it's pertinent. Real quickly, Mark 5. You're familiar with this story too. Verse 24, Mark 5, 24. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had the discharge of blood for 12 years. Long time. In society, according to worship and relationship, she was breaking the law by being around people. Okay? She was to be cast off. Verse 26, she had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all she had. And she was no better, she only grew worse. Verse 27, she heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him and touched his garment. For she said, by faith, the faith that was the gift of a good God to her, if I touch even his garment, I will be made well. That is God on earth. I have to touch the hem. That's what she's saying. And let's skip down because we don't have a whole lot of ton of time. Because as you can see, there's about eight sermons trying to get in one. Mark 5, 33 Jesus feels the power, the cleanliness, the holiness change, and he turns around and he knows something's happened. And look at verse 33. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came, what? In fear. Because she broke Torah. She broke kosher. She broke the law. Uh Uh-oh. She was trembling A lot of times we misinterpret this passage saying, well, she realized heaven had come to earth in some way, but I really think she was like, I'm in trouble. Because for the last 12 years, she lived in a society where if she did anything wrong, she would be in trouble. Now the true prophet, the true rabbi is here, got himself, and she's touched him, and she fell down and told everything. A little side note from pastor, when you're scared, when you feel like you're in trouble, tell the truth. Amen? It's always better. Even if you perceive it not to be, right? So she comes clean. Verse 34. How does Jesus address her? Daughter. What does that one word tell her? 
you were out, you were excluded. The family way was this way back then, but I call you daughter. I call you forgiven. I call you saved. Whatever word we want to use in Christianity, you are here because of me. Me giving you faith, me giving you the grace, all the theological things that we understand. But faith, she has come to faith in Christ and was healed. Go in peace and be healed, he says. Lastly, Luke 7. I like it, Luke 7, 11. It's almost like a story, you know what I mean? Luke 7, 11. Jesus has dealt with leprosy. He's dealt with blood. Now, don't get it wrong. Mark and the other gospel writers were thoroughly versed in the Torah, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew culture, and they're not randomly writing things in their gospels. They're under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. What they're writing is God's revelation to us, but they're thinking just like you and I would. And when they see and hear about things, go, there was a woman who was healed with an issue of blood for 12 years. I remember Leviticus 15. Who is this cat is what they're saying. Who's, who's this Jesus? But Luke 7. Soon afterward, he went up to a town called Nain. I did a little research. It's on a little hill in the Galilean region. It's a little hard to get to sometimes, but it's there. And his disciples and a great crowd went with him. Jesus has got a following. Why? Because miracles are happening. He's teaching powerfully. He's in process fulfilling the law. And he will go to Calvary to fulfill it on a forensic level. We can have coffee about that if that's weird to you. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died. Uh Uh-oh. I know Jesus was down with lepers and he helped out this woman, but someone has died. And the penultimate uncleanliness in the Old Testament is death. Corpses, right? And he was being carried out. Probably quickly, remember, it usually wasn't more than 48 hours. Sometimes in our culture, we wait a week or two, we have different ceremonies, and we almost come to grips with certain things. It's still very hard now to lose a loved one. But imagine this, 12 to 24 to 36 hours after someone died, and it it wasn't just someone, if we read, we don't have time, a widow had just lost her only son. So a woman whose husband had already died, is now bearing her only son. And as you can see, it's raw because it's right after it happened. And there's the part that I, next verse. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. And he said to her, do not weep. Next verse. Then he came up and touched the bear and the bears and stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. Now Luke was a Gentile, but he was still very smart and writing God's word. Could Jesus have healed this young man just the way he healed Lazarus in John 11? Yeah. What did he do there? Come out. And what happened to Lazarus? Woo! He's up. He's dancing. But Luke specifically, and I want us to see this, this is our God how good he is, fulfills the law by transcending the law. We could almost say breaking the law and touches the dead body. And what happens? Why does Luke write this? People actually got healed of leprosy in the old times. God's grace, we saw some miracles. 
some ailments could be treated with ointments. They were, in a sense, ancient, but they weren't barbaric. Study world history. Study the Egyptian empire. Study Asian empires. People were really smart is what I'm getting at, right? And as we saw, the woman with blood went to the doctor over and over and over again. And there's some cultural things. They made her worse, probably ripped her off, but she was trying. And so skeptics and people who would read these letters could go, well, leprosy can be healed, yeah. And blood can be dealt with, yeah. What are we going to say of this account? Well, he just had pneumonia and he woke No, he, he was dead. And Jesus fulfills the law by transcending the law, by breaking, kind of, but not really, and says, get up. Boom. Next verse. Do we have it? Sorry, I should have warned him. Pretty awesome, right? But you got to read one more verse. Go ahead. 16. Jesus did not walk around like Thor. That's why they, were, they weren't scared because of his appearance. Jesus walked around humbly and meekly and was kind and gentle and gracious and didn't have any striking features. Those types of people don't usually scare people. I might scare someone in an alley because I'm broad, right? We'll say it that way. That wasn't Jesus, folks. Why were they freaking out? Because Jesus fulfilled the law by transcending the law, by, uh, you see what I mean, Break, uh, by breaking the law and saying, get up, dead man. Ultimately saying what? God is here. I'm fulfilling what was given. I have a plan for humanity. Faith in me and my Father's kingdom. And we got to see the whole gospel. The cross and what happened on Calvary is part of the whole gospel. Church, it's not the whole gospel. This and everything we see being fulfilled and Jesus walking, and as we saw a couple weeks ago, with that miracle universe spinning around him and him teaching about fulfilling the law. And we receive his payment, and now we're changed and we're reborn. And then remember what we learned for six months. You go and do it now. Now, I don't think we're going to raise people from the dead or cure leprosy. We might. There's different debate on that. But Jesus has taught us, church, how to deal with anger and forgiveness and how to be generous and all these things. And that's where we continue to go. Thanksgiving 2016, your pastor is grateful that the law has been transcended. Your pastor is grateful, and I hope you are, that the law has been fulfilled. Your pastor is grateful that Jesus, by living, teaching, performing miracles, dying, rising again, says, Church, go do my work. And that's what we're going to do this next year and hopefully many years to come. Go do my work. And the best part, there's 75 people in here or so. There's 75 different missions God has for us. All with the same captain, amen. Yeah, all with the same, all with the same hero, Jesus. This week, as you spend time with loved ones, another pastoral admonition Remember last Sunday's sermon and what we talked about last week? Remember the body? Remember the bread? Remember the communion table? 
Remember that grace and mercy win the day, not political opinions and dogmas outside of Christ. Amen. Can I get an amen to that? Love your family. Love your neighbors. Love the people you come in contact with. Remember the teachings of the Bible. Many people were cast off, and Jesus said, Daughter, your faith has made you well. We cannot save or there's a debate on healing. We'll get to there later, maybe one day over coffee. But what I know we can do is live like Christ and uh, pursue him all the days of our life. My wife has been holding a beautiful two-month-old baby. She has a big smile on her face. We'll have conversations later about what that looks like, but I'm just kidding. i to lighten the mood a little bit, right? Why don't you guys stand, and we'll close in prayer. There's a big feast over there, and I hope we learned about Christ and who he is and what he's done and will do, but let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for coming to earth. Thank you for a season where we get to spend time and reflect on your goodness and your grace, your plan, and your commission. Thank you for the many people and many nations and many cultures and even many languages represented in this room. And I thank you we are brought to oneness in your son. Bless us and keep us. May your face shine upon us, and as we go, be gracious to us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.